Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Well, we're going to riff pretty quick on this because we want to keep it very tightly within the standard Monday morning message framework. Uh, I was asked a bunch of questions about the book of Job. Specifically, isn't it, there seems to be rather a strange book, which it is, and, and that God, when he responds, he goes for four chapters. When does God ever do that? He doesn't seem to be that loquacious as a norm. Fair enough. Why was Satan allowed in the courtroom of, of God? And what about this bet made with God? All of those are excellent questions, so let's talk about this, shall we? The book of Job is a form of story which was very, very popular in Mesopotamia long before Abraham ever showed up there. We have a lot of different versions of this, and Job is one of the versions. It is also perhaps the oldest story we've got if it comes down to who wrote down something first. But it had been edited uh, really through the years and, and that's not a problem. The Jewish people always edited their books and that's not a problem. Like I said, in fact, there was, a, there was an industry doing this between the Testaments as Christians like to say the 400 years of silence wasn't all that silent and there was a huge industry of writing, rewriting, editing that was going on. Uh, Jews in North Africa had a huge colony doing this. Uh, there were other colonies closer to home, but that's the one most people think about. Um, but anyway, we all know the framework of this story. The story in Mesopotamian stories like this goes that there's, there's a righteous man and but in heaven there's an argument and a bet is made and then the righteous man suffers much and there's a long argument very much like a greek play where the entire there's, there's no action there is just conversation and there are uh, accusations hurled and counter accusations there are defenses set up there are pleas for for help from a god who doesn't intervene because he's got an act of bet writing on this and then the bet gets changed and the man suffers but then the gods swoop in and they reward him for being faithful and sometimes they shame the other people this is a very common story so i've been asked is job a myth it's only a myth if it's supposed to be a myth no it is a story it is a story that is told to illustrate greater truths. And it really does. And it, it breaks my heart that we've not really grasped those truths as a people. Um, we will still see somebody who just seems to be just one after another, tragedy after tragedy. And there are some religions like Scientology that will say, well, it's all their fault. They're drawing it in. They're pulling it in somehow. Yes, even if you are raped and mutilated, they'd say, you know, it's really your fault. Somehow you pulled that in. Well, that's horrific and that's horrendous and evil on every level. 
not terribly surprising given the source uh, of Scientology, but there are other much more subtle Christian ways of wondering, well, aren't we supposed to be blessed? And I walk into houses frequently. My own house has one of these with a sign up, a uh, you know, little, little uh, scripture. I know my intentions for you are to bless you, not to curse you. Have you read the book that that comes from and seen who he was talking to, who God was talking to? And then have you checked to see what happened to that person? That person never had a good day at work ever and ended his life somewhere on the road to a country he begged his people not to take him. Don't be really ignoring Job and giving up little answers of, if we're good, God will treat us great. Our teeth will be straight, the kids will behave, the dog won't even have to be potty trained for goodness sake, and we'll never lose our job. None of those things are true, and yet, especially the prosperity gospel that a lot of people use to get rich, you know, if you can't outgive God, so I want you to try, you know, send us your, your social security check and God will bless you so much more over time. No, 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 no. People who follow God can sometimes get extra problems. In fact, one book about the book of Job says that when all hell breaks loose, you might be doing something right. I think that's the title of it, actually. So what is the point of Job? And how, well, the point of Job is to show that bad things happen to good people all the time. And yet good people are still good in the eyes of God. And God knows they're good. Even when they're angry with God, he is not angry with them. And that there will come a time of blessing. Now in these stories, that blessing always takes place on earth. Why? because during the Mesopotamian era, uh, era, era, and long after, they're all the way up until really uh, shortly before the birth of Christ with the Platonic concepts and, uh, of hell and Hades, it was really not sure what else was out there, but not, you really didn't think that after death it was gonna, you're gonna get any upgrades at all, not even the most righteous. Hades to Plato and to the Greeks was, this mournful, dark place where you walked around and soggy, wet, uncomfortable, and then sulfur and pain and loneliness, and, and that was forever. You know, well, something to shoot for. Um, Mesopotamians didn't even have that. Uh, life was uh, probably it, and yet Job shows his confusion over this, and he'll say at one time to God, if I die, you're gonna really miss me. And then another time he says, when I die, I know I'll walk again upon this earth. Well, what does that mean? It means Job was casting about for something to believe in and something to hope for while he's suffering, which means Job is a human. He is us. He is us as we struggle, as we guess. And the number of people I know who are solid in with God. They've loved God with all their heart. They love God more than I've ever loved God. And then near the hour of their death, begin to doubt and fear. The number of, it, it, run, it may run to a hundred or more. Is that a sin? Of course it isn't. Dying is new. And frankly, it's pretty scary stuff. Now for some people, they can die with a smile on their face. And then I've been around a lot of that as well.
but the number that have whispered in confidence to me, I'm just, I'm really scared. I get it. I'll probably say the same thing because we do doubt whenever it comes right down to it. You know, we're all ready to go to war and we train and we get our uniform on and we're, uh, we're gonna go get this. And then um, somebody shoots at us. And we're going, oh no, <laughs> how, how did this happen? That's what humans do, all right? So it's a book trying to explain the human dilemma, but also trying to show the hurt that helpers often bring when their arguments begin to circle around the individual, rather than it's, it's pain, they circle around the reasons for it. We're not supposed to look for the reasons for it. We're supposed to love, serve, clothe, visit. But these people didn't do that. They started well, they started well. But then Job got upset and hurt, and so he said some things about God, and so they switched from being friends in support to moral detectives. And we do that all the time. So, why was Satan allowed in here? Well, again, very old story. The Babylonians is really where we got most of our concept of Satan as a particular being and demons therefore following. Uh, if you take a look at the Old Testament, it is striking how different it is than other ancient literature. Other ancient literature has evil gods, hateful gods, demons of all sorts, of all ranks of demons. It's just everywhere. And in the Bible, look for it. Look for it, and you just, you're not finding it. Now, you're finding a little bit here, maybe a little bit there, and, and people run to Ezekiel or Isaiah. Uh, with prophecies that may refer to a demon or a devil, but they're really, they say they refer to a human being, a king. And so where did, where did we get the concept? That was really when the Israelites were taken into Babylon and Babylonian captivity. They began to hear about these other beings. And that settled some questions for them because with Job, the question is, why is there evil happening to a good man? And not a one of them said, well, you know, demons get involved in this because that wasn't a concept. Later on, now the Israelites are looking around going, if there is, you know, if we're the chosen people and we're the people of God, why didn't he stop this? And around the Babylonians, they hear, well, there are other things out there and not all of them like us. Some of them, uh, the Babylonians would say, are gods constantly in conflict with good gods? Uh, others of them are, are smaller gods, demiurges. Um, they, are, they are jen, they, they are genies. They, they are these little demon things. And so that language is incorporated. And then we find in the life of Jesus that he treats the reality of evil spirits as a real reality. So I do too. We'll talk about demons another day. But the Satan you see in the book of Job is not equivalent to the devil. I know, I know. The shaitan there was a job that every king, every ruler had, not just one shaitan, but many. And what their job was to go throughout the, the, his kingdom, her kingdom rarely, but his kingdom, and listen and spy on his people 
to listen if there's any dishonesty, any, any treason, any rebellion in the works. A modern example of this would be when Saddam Hussein was uh, absolute ruler of Iraq. Um, he had people, eyes and ears everywhere, a man famously just at a coffee shop, uh, accidentally by all accounts spilled his coffee on the newspaper that had a big picture of uh, Saddam and he was arrested. His, his wife and children turned out of their home because somebody, a shaitan, a slanderer, because that's really what it means. It means the guy whose job it is to say bad things about you. So they, all right, they told on him. And so there's the shaitan in heaven walking around going, yeah, yeah, I do see Job, but I don't think highly of Job. And I think that if you put him to the test, you're going to find he's disloyal. All of this would make absolute sense to the people who read the book until we hit the time of the New Testament. And it still made sense to the Jews and it makes sense to the Jews to this very day. It's the Gentiles that wrestle with this because we don't understand the wordage. The word Satan is not a proper name. It is the name of a title like governor or you know, secretary of state, something like this. But the word itself means to slander or prosecute by slander. That's why the devil's also called the father of lies. This, this idea, by the way, what would make a shaitan lose their job forever? Well, it's pretty simple. No disloyalty, no treason, no rebellion. So you can't run out of that. If there isn't any, you gotta make it up or you lose your job. They don't need you. You know, you come in every, every month for a year and a half going, can't find anything, everything's pretty cool. You're out of a job. So you gotta come in with drama. It's rather like all the newspapers that have tried to become a good news newspaper have gone out of work. And all the local bro broadcasts that tried to do more than three or four uh, segments of good news in a half hour or hour slot, it goes down. Viewership goes down. The drama, the drama, the drama. So what do we do now? So they're yelling breaking news. There's a Chiron going underneath going, oh no, panic, panic, panic in the street. And over here is flashing something else and coming up next, new terror. It's, that's what shaitan does. Upsets the system, even if there isn't anything to be upset about. So now you understand the book of Job. We are Job, we are struggling, and we're to read it as Job. And then, I think it's very helpful to go back and read it as one of his friends and see how frankly reasonable they all seem uh, until you realize that God says, no, they weren't, and spends four chapters going after them and Job. The tacked on ending <clears throat> seems very, very rushed, doesn't it? Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just read the last chapter. At the last chapter, he gets back twice as much as of everything, children, riches, uh, and so he's twice as blessed. But you've got to remember something. That's in a story. In reality, that wouldn't work. I had two children, and my wife and I were blessed with two amazing children who are real grown-ups now with their own families. If my two children had been killed, and then God allowed us to have four more kids, would I be walking around going, I am twice as blessed as I used to be? No. Are you, are you insane? The loss of those two would never go away. 
those scars would never close. So, it isn't about life in reality on a macro level. It is about the inner life that we all suffer with. Why do we suffer when our God is good? Has he forgotten us? Is he punishing us? And the answer is no to both. He is still there and he will bless you. Just pick your friends carefully. Don't let them be the ones always have another bit of advice about how you should change your life. All right, so much more to say, but only if you're interested. And if you are, send me an email at patrick at rsafeharbor.com. And if you can contribute, if you can share, like, subscribe, huge benefits for us. And we would really appreciate it. God bless. Enjoy your week.